Amen. Good morning, church. We are continuing our series, True Story, Encounters with Jesus in Everyday Life. And if you're like me, it's easy to tell the good stories, the promotions, the graduations, the successes, but it's a lot harder to tell the difficult ones. The places where we are just a hot mess, the places where difficulties arise, where we have hidden addictions and setbacks. But Jesus meets us even in the hardest encounters of everyday life. So would you join me in reading scripture? Would you stand if you are able this morning in the book of Hosea? As we have already heard this word, let us share it again. Hosea 6, 1 through 3. Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will restore us that we may live in his presence. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I grew up in church. I grew up in youth group and Bible studies and short-term mission trips. And somewhere along the way in my discipleship, I was, I, I was kind of um, led into this formulistic faith. And it was an equation, and this is how the equation went. Read the Bible, plus live morally, plus love other people, and it equals the good life. The good life, it, it would just happen. Somehow, somehow you would go into this like hashtag blessed and all things would work out and it would be this like perfect life with Jesus. And so then if bad things entered your way, a couple of things happened. Was your faith not strong enough? Was it your behavior that was just a little bit out of line? And then, you know, that well-timed uh, verse out of context, all things are going to work together for good, right? Mm. So when life actually fell apart, my understanding of God and discipleship was severely challenged because I had not been given a theology for suffering. Enter Hosea. Hosea. If you're not familiar with uh, the arc of scripture, let me share with you briefly who Hosea was. Hosea was a messenger from God and he spoke to God's people and God had chosen the Israelite people as a special entity that would model to the world what it was like to live as a follower of God. And that as they walked in his ways, as they followed his commandments, that they would enter into the blessing of the Lord, not so much out of like a, a, a dictated place, but more like a parent that says, hey, hey, little one, don't run out into the street. It was for their protection, not out of this control. 
But if they chose outside, to live outside of God's wisdom, that there would be natural consequences for that. And so many of God's messengers, the prophets in the Old Testament, would share and remind the people that they were not loving others well, that they were being unjust in their practices, that they were forgetting about the strangers or the orphans and the widows. And they would remind the people that God's way was to love others well. But Hosea is kind of unique in that his message, his message was really to centrally remind the people of God's great love for them. His heart beats with love for them, not just about doing good, but simply who we are is good. He loves us and he delights in us. And he would go so far as to describe this relationship that God wants to have us as the betrothed, as, as an intimate relationship. In chapter two, it says of this, that God would say, I will make a covenant with them so that you might lie down in safety. I will betroth you to me forever in righteousness and in justice with love and compassion. I will betroth you in faithfulness Man, is that not an incredible vow set right there from the Lord to us? Faithful and just and righteous and loving. And yet the people wandered away from that love. They rejected that love. Chapter four, there is no faithfulness. There is no love. There's no acknowledgement of God in the land. There is only cursing and lying and murder and stealing and adultery. And they break all the bounds and bloodshed follows bloodshed. They exchange their glorious God for something disgraceful. Mm, something disgraceful. And Hosea, of any prophet, would get this explicitly. Explicitly, because Hosea's personal life was involved. If you read at the beginning of this uh, book, it describes the life of Hosea, that Hosea was married, and he was married to a woman named Gomer. And together, Gomer and Hosea, they had three kids. And then you'd think that as a man of God, sharing the words of God, that they lived happily ever after. No, that formulistic faith. Mm -mm. No, scholars really, uh, they debate quite a bit about when Gomer's lifestyle was made public. But you see, Gomer was promiscuous in her dissatisfaction, her distraction, her brokenness, whatever. She committed adultery. She cheated on Hosea. In fact, she abandoned him altogether along with her kids and moved in with another man. Everyone, even the prophet of God, encounters hardship so Hosea understands betrayal in an intimate way with the rest of us, feeling the devastation when covenant is broken. Have you had a Hosea moment in your life? Does our world have a Hosea moment when distress or death or disappointment or discouragement is in front of us? I would dare say, yes. It was the curse of our, our fallen world, the disease, um, 
Maybe it's strained relationships. Maybe it's the stress of school. Maybe it's fallout from how another person has hurt you, like Hosea betrayal or abuse or violence. The plague of AAPI hate that has come, crushed dreams, the death of a loved one, depression, the state of a pandemic in the world. What do we do when we encounter hard things? He has torn us to pieces. He has injured us. Where is our loving God? In case you're not tracking with the depth of being torn apart, Let me share a story with you. I've been bitten by dogs five times, five different occasions. (laughs) I love dogs, I have pet dogs, I don't understand. They don't always love me. Two of those ended me up in the hospital. Here's the last one. The last one was I was in Albania. I was living in Albania unexpectedly during 2020. And Albania in this small town in the Gromosi Mountains, there wasn't a lot to do, not a lot of Wi-Fi, no shopping, so I would hike. I would go out hiking in the mountains, in the valleys, in the riverbeds, and I loved being in creation. And so did the sheepdogs and the shepherds. And I was going through this field one day and this massive sheepdog came up, as tall as my hip, pure white fur, snarling and barking at me avidly. And I froze. And I told him to go home, go, you know, what do you, you, go home. (laughs) Except for he didn't understand my English and he did not go home. And so I made like, like I was big and threatening and he lunged at me and he ripped open my leg. And then I got scared because I thought if he does this again, what am I gonna do? And I yelled even louder, go home. And I was trembling. And maybe he thought he won, which I felt like he had. And he turned his tail and he trotted away, kind of confidently, that's what I thought. And then I looked down and my pants were torn apart and my leg was bleeding out of my pants, rushing down my, and I still had to get back to the camp. So, I mean, I literally filmed myself. If you guys find me in the wilderness, I was attacked by a dog. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to die. But I was torn up. I was wounded. And you know, it wasn't just about the dog attack. That would have been depressing. But it was so much more than that. Because you see, I was in Albania, not just for that seminary fellowship, but I was there 10 months separated from my spouse. And I was at an incredibly painful juncture in my life as my marriage of 10 years ended. And with it, my dreams of having kids, a family. Unemployed for 18 months, my career felt like that had died. My self-righteousness, my pride died. Thinking that I had the Christian life died. Living on a borrowed bed with strangers speaking another language in a foreign country while there was a global pandemic. I had no sense of security or safety or control. And my therapist had just told me to walk every day so that that trauma wouldn't be in my body 
body. And now I couldn't even walk because a dog had torn me to pieces. Have you been in that place? He has torn us to pieces. He has injured us. God, what are you doing? And in the midst of that pit, that is where Jesus whispered to me, Beth, this is a three-day story. This is a three-day story, and I am with you. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will restore us. A three-day story has three parts. And the first day is the day that we hate. It's the day of death. It's Good Friday. It's the unexpected, devastating loss and tragedy. The second day is the day of delay. It's where you're in this liminal space. What has been is no longer. What will be is not yet. And you're stuck in the in-between. And the third day is the new day. Well, you know what happens on the new day. Hollywood loves three-day stories. Think of all the trilogies that come up with the three-day stories like Matthew was talking about. Frodo and Lord of the Rings, Rocky, Remember the Titans, one of my favorites, Cinderella Man. Always this underdog who takes on the everyday impossible to overcome. And if not Hollywood, scripture is filled with three-day stories. Jonah caught up in a storm in the belly of a whale, not dying, redirected in life. Daniel seen life flash before his eyes as he got thrown into a pit of lions that was sealed with a stone. And in the morning, he was still alive. Esther, Condemned to die in a genocide, three days of fasting and prayer, and her people lived, Lazarus becoming ill and dying in the tomb before being raised to life. You see, the problem with with Hollywood and scripture is that just not everybody is a self-made hero, and nobody wants to be in need of a miracle. And that's why Hosea points us to Jesus Christ. Isaiah 53, speaking of Jesus, he was a man of suffering. He was familiar with pain. And Jesus, surely he took up our pain He bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken and afflicted, but he, Jesus, was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities, and the punishment that brought us peace, a way forward, was on him. And so it's by his wounds that we are healed. It's a three-day story, the greatest story of all times. When Jesus Christ on Good Friday carried the brokenness of the world, every sin and evil, all of the injustice, even the shame of those who have inflicted pain on others is carried by Christ. And he died on the cross. 
nails in his hands. He was torn. He was wounded. He was crushed by sin. And Jesus died day one. And on the second day, those disciples sat in that upper room on Holy Saturday waiting. Liminal space. Silence. My waiting was three years. And I sung that song, I will wait for you. Surely wait for you through the storm, through the pain. I will wait. How long do we wait? We wait. We wait. And our waiting can waver and we can go into hope or we can go into despair. And so we need to wait with community to help us through our waiting well. And so the disciples waited and they didn't know what they were waiting for. Can you imagine that? But we know, church, we know what they were waiting for. The third day, the third day, Easter Sunday morning, when Jesus overcame the greatest power, death, and in defeated it. He defeated death, and he defeated all of the things that come against us in the curse. The thing about the three-day story is it changes the narrative from life to death to life to death to life. And that is the Christian narrative, life to death to life. And that is why Hosea in chapter 13 can end his message to the people saying this taunt, where, O death, is your sting? Where, O grave, is your destruction? Because there is a one who made a three-day story possible for us. It is the day of rebirth. It is the day of renewal. It is not just being resuscitated and on life support. The three-day story brings resurrection. And it takes the things that put us down, redeemed into new life. This is the three-day story. It is good news. And scripture says to those that believe his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And that is who we are, the father's children, living, restored, revived, and in relationship. The third day changes everything. And so we have a promise, whether you're in the first day or the second day or the third day. Surely, as the sun rises, he will appear. Surely he will come to us. As I hiked in Albania, I love seeing the shepherds in the fields. My favorite was when the shepherds were on their cell phones. (laughs) But I learned something there about aggregating culture as I watched the shepherds and the farmers and I learned that the winter rains are necessary to plant. The winter rains are necessary to plant. They, they, they saturate the earth and they let the decaying leaves and crops break it up. But the spring rains, you know why we need winter rains and spring rains? Because the spring rains are necessary to grow. And Christ will come again and again and again, planting and growing something new in our lives.
So church, let's be a place where you're welcome to be wherever you're at in your story. If you're dying, we just need people who will sit with us. Just listen, not say anything at all. Sit with us. Let us pour out our hearts. Let us lament. Let us not have to pretend. If you're waiting, persevere. Persevere. All you have to do is acknowledge the Lord. You don't have to praise the Lord. You acknowledge the Lord. You lament. You say, this is where I'm at. I will wait for you. Help me to persevere. And we encourage one another when we feel we can't continue on. And if you're in the new day, church, we need you to sing to us the songs of deliverance. We need you to sing over us your hope that you might show us your scars and tell us how God met you in the pit. Lake Avenue, let's remove the barriers that keep people from being present wherever they are in their three-day story. Let's remove those barriers. Did it bother you that I'm wearing torn up jeans up here? I wore them on purpose. Let's remove the barriers that keep us from experiencing Jesus. So church, let's ask what needs to be put on the altar and die. We're in liminal space. We're waiting for their next called senior pastor. Let's do some work together, church, to put to death the things that need to be put to death. I don't know what it is. Maybe some of our arrogance, maybe some of our independence, maybe some of our addiction to control or our image. Let's put it to death so that we can wait and say, God, revive us. God, be the center. Jesus, come down and stir our hearts for the new thing that you're doing at Lake Avenue Church because I want to be part of it. Because I want to be part of it. I really didn't think that it was possible to share hope when you're in the, th the first day of the story. And so I was in Albania living there and I had posted some pictures of those shepherds on cell phones, you know, that sort of thing. And I noticed that my friend Sarah kept liking my posts. Awesome adventure, it looks like you're having an epic time. And I was like, oh girl, I stopped wearing makeup because I just cry it off every day, you know? And you're just like, the, the, the social media life and the real life, there was a huge disconnect. And finally I felt, felt bad and I, I messaged her and I was like, hey, <laughs> there's a backstory, you know? It's not like perfect. My life isn't like perfect, you know? She's like, really, let's talk. And we hadn't talked since high school. 
She was one of the cool kids, you know? And I, I was a, the, the orchestra nerd. So it was, it was like, oh, can we be friends now, you know? And so we, we struck up this really interesting conversation and um, I just leveled with her. Sarah, the real reason I'm in Albania is because, you know, my fellowship was canceled. I don't, I don't have a home right now and um, I'm duking it out with the Lord because I'm going through some really painful things. I'm really broken. My life isn't perfect, and it's not this epic adventure. I'm just struggling to hang on. And I guess, yeah, I'm hanging on to Jesus. And Sarah opened up for her to share how her life hadn't been that great either. That she had fallen into complete addiction after high school. Her drug abuse had spiraled out of control and that she was actually in recovery season of craziness had put her life into a spiral. And she said, and I have had some questions about God, though. Could I ask you about them? <laughs> yeah, Sarah, let's talk, let's talk about these questions that you have. And so Sarah and I ended up thousands of miles apart, time zones apart, saying, well, let's just look at the life of Jesus. We started reading John, and she started reading out of a King James version. Why Mary doth thou sayest? I said, oh. Thank God for Amazon. Get her a new version of the Bible. So, okay, let's try that again. Let's start again in John. And we started talking about the life of Jesus and how he meets us where we're at and his great love for us. And in the darkest of my journey, my ability to be vulnerable and share the real stuff of life helps Sarah encounter Jesus. Today she said, God is part of my everyday life now. And her dog just died last week and she said, even with Harper's passing, I have constant connection. My faith is enough that I know God is going to take care of me and my heart. My heart is not empty. God is in it. This is the way that we encounter Jesus every day through hard things. And when we share our hard things with hope that Jesus is our source and God is with us through the hard things, we help others encounter Jesus Christ. Amen. As the team comes, uh, just reflecting that uh, just yesterday my wife ha and I had a moment to get away while our kids were at school and I take Fridays off and so we popped into a Starbucks um, and I ran into a guy that I hadn't seen in a long time. Um, what guy I met here at Lake and um, we were just talking and uh, he shared with me some just unthinkable loss uh, that he's experienced, loss of a son in the last year. 
and I stood there talking with him uh, and he knew about loss that I've experienced recently and there was this, this moment where his struggle met my struggle uh, and I said, me too. I said, me too, uh, to him. And there was something in that me too that just connected both of us so deeply. And um, after a message like this, and thank you so much, Beth, um, we, come, uh, we come before God with all, so many different levels of, of brokenness and trial and difficulty. Um, and church, maybe we need a little more me too. I'm going through it as well. Uh, so I want you to know I'm going through it as well. And yet we come again and again to place our faith in Christ who, who gives us the new life. And so we celebrate that. And so uh, as you're ready, maybe in response to, uh, to say me too, maybe you can stand and sing with us.
thank you, uh, Pastor Beth Paz, for uh, such an incredible, powerful, prophetic uh, sermon, which put all of us in that story. And as a preacher, I know it's one thing to speak, and it's quite a different thing to be that vulnerable and speak with your life, and thank you for doing that. And also... And also thank you for clarifying that pants uh, story because I was sitting there and wondering, is there another dog in Pasadena? (laughs) You know, Uh, so so I'm glad you I'm glad you cleared my confusion. But um, but prophets prophets used to speak with their clothing, and the prophets used to speak with certain attire. And and this is another sermon. But thank you. Um, um, I have uh, some uh, quick announcements. Uh, As you know, every at the end of every service, we have our prayer volunteers available here. You can pray. And if you think it's such a long truck to come here, uh, there is uh, our prayer room out there. You can have confidential prayer time with our uh, prayer warriors uh, who are actually the backbone of this church. And also we have a connecting table right outside. And we want you to be plugged into the community. We want you to be part of this bigger story God is writing. Uh, and uh, also, uh, I made this announcement about the Infinity Summit that is going to happen in May uh, on May 21st. And I'm not going to talk more, uh, more about it, but, you know, we talk about the stories at Lake. And did you know the bulletin has a session, section called uh, Stories at Lake? And if you read the bulletin, and you see, in this this week's story is written by me. So if you read that, it is all about the story of the summit. So I encourage you to read it. The story is titled, What Has Athens to Do with Jerusalem? Which is the story of the summit. And if you wonder, what in the world does that mean? And that you had to read the bulletin. So I encourage you to look at that summit. And again, this is an early bird discount period. Uh, so make sure that you benefit from it. Especially if you are a student, it's only 10 bucks. And it comes with a free breakfast and a lunch. And you won't get anywhere. So do that. It won't last for a long time, okay? So uh, before uh, I'm going to invite Pastor Beth to do the benediction, I'm going to say a prayer. And after that, we all have to go to Pastor Chuck's house and finish that Costco food, right? We don't want to get a waste. Let's say a prayer and then I'll I'll invite Pastor Beth to come and uh, close this. Uh, Send us with the benediction. Father God, thank you for the third day. You don't write a story without a climax, will you? But we are stuck on the first day and sometime on the second day, which can be much worse than the first day in so many ways because of the sound of silence is so painful. And some of us are there and we admit, openly admit, but we know the story doesn't end here because we didn't write the story. You wrote the story. You invited us in to be part of the story. You allowed us to play characters and the heroes and heroines in your story. And we know your story ends with the third day. And because we have that, we just sung the powerful, the wonderful name of Jesus who has set us this example, who has shown us that death can be conquered and the power of resurrection is real at Lake Avenue Church in our individual life, in the life of our sister Beth Pass and every single human being who is willing and surrendering and so we do that right now, write our story bring us to the third day, oh Lord, in Jesus name, Amen Amen. Now receive this benediction as from the Lord, would you extend your hands 
May the God of hope, may the God of the three-day story fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Go in the love and peace of Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you.